shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. From your presence. In the name of our Lord Jesus, uh, bring understanding to the simple. Deliver us from sin and death. Deliver us from hell and death. Deliver us from all the power of the enemy. Father, we thank you. Lord, we appreciate you this afternoon. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for preserving us. Thank you for watching over us. For you will continue to do so in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus we are prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much worship team. Thank you for leading us again this uh, Amen. This morning uh, as we open up the scriptures. Uh, let's see Colossians chapter 2. I'll be starting from there. Uh, amen. So uh, feel free uh, to ask questions. Uh, today, as we go along uh, in today's uh, ministration, uh, because I'm going to be taking us through, amen, if God is merciful, uh, we are going to be seeing the steps of the mysteries, amen, mystery of Christ, mystery of the Father, we may, definitely, we may not say mystery of God, but you are going to see clearly today, we've been focusing on it for the past few weeks, but I want to begin to speak, you know what Jesus will say, Amen. Jesus will say that I speak to people in parables, but to you, I'm going to speak plainly. Amen. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So today will be a plain speaking by the message of God on knowing these journeys. And they are there. They are in the Bible. They are real. They are true. They cannot be denied. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, so these are, uh, this is what, this is the high calling that God has called us to is very clear in the scripture. So let's see, let's start from Colossians chapter 2. I will just tell you some of the base scriptures for today. Colossians chapter 2. I believe we'll also be visiting Azar chapter 28, and the Lord would uh, govern it from there. Amen. So the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, from verse 1 For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, it did not say that, they, it did not say that they knew it, they knew the mysteries. He just said that they should acknowledge the mysteries. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, you know, when something is a mystery, by nature, by human nature, we don't like to disturb things we don't understand. <laughs> Praise God. By human nature. Except we can directly, physically connect how, amen, how is going to physically connect to me prospering in life. For example, now, just imagine if there was no correlation between being an engineer and making money. 
Who would go on to fall? Who would go and waste four years of their life in that tedious exercise? Oh, because I just like to learn engineering. It's a lie. <laughs> the, amen. Or imagine if there was no, there's no way you could correlate that you go to school for 10 years, be a doctor, and there's no assurance you actually get a job as a doctor. Who would go and do it? Nobody. Because it's not so, amen. By nature, men don't like to engage in pressures, amen, of what they do not understand except they see a reward in going through the pressure. Amen. Uh, amen. Am I speaking to somebody? You know, it's very clear that, well, imagine, if, just if you can think back, imagine in your very first year of university. Sometimes I will go back home with headache, because do you know why? I don't know what they are talking about. After a long day, you've done biology class, chemistry class, physics class, by the time you go home at 6 p.m., you're almost like you're having a headache. Do you know why? Because you are laboring. You are not getting it. You are not getting what they are saying. But what keeps you going is that, do you get me? Is that by the time I finish this 10 years labor, I'll be able to have a degree and make money with it. And that one is not even enough for some people. They will, now, they will still drop out. <laughs> you get me? So even the reward sometimes is still not enough for some people. They will drop out from school. So, anything that we don't understand, by nature, we don't want to pay the price to get it. Except we are convinced of the reward of it. It's the nature of man. Except we are convinced of the what? Of the reward of it. Now, now I've, I've, I've worked with, I remember when I was in university, I used to work in a warehouse. In a warehouse to make odd jobs, you get me, to make money for school. And so in some of those warehouses, all my the friends, my friends there, they were high school dropouts. I won't there's only white guy, his name was Kelvin or something. And we used I used to go to hang out in his place sometimes. We became close. Amen. And the guy was a high school dropout, working a job that was paying him $25 an hour with the rigs, you get oil rigs. So you got away convincing me, he's like, why do you waste your time with school, man? Look at my job. I'm earning $25 per hour. I don't even have to even do anything. It's a, tough, it's a hard job, but I mean, I'm making the money already. The money, when you graduate, what are you going to make? And to lo and behold, when I graduated, I made less than $25 per hour to start. <laughs> Amen. So the guy was preaching to me. It's almost like people preaching once day for I'm born again. What do I need to go and do anything more? <laughs> Why do I need to labor to understand more again? I'm already born again. Is that not it? Amen. But being born again has its reward already. In the sense that being born again means you will make heaven. And being born again means you have access to God. To ask for everything you need. By faith. Right? Is that not sufficient? That is a great... Being born again, you don't need eternal life to give testimony that God has bought you a house. The new birth empowers you for that already. So a man can judge it. Like, okay, what else do I need? Okay, I'll make heaven. And then I can, you know, I can eat well on it. So what are you, what are you guys saying again? What are you talking about again? 
Are you saying the gist? Why? What are you talking? I'm already earning twenty five dollars per hour. The amount of money that if after five years of you graduate is when you may that's when you earn it. By then, I'll be earning thirty. So what are you saying again? How are you trying to convince me that I should now go to school for four years? That was the guy's argument. Praise God. But the problem is that the guy now, his body will be wearing out. Amen? Whereas me, I sit in the office. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So knowledge gives you an advantage. That is only after you've gotten the knowledge, you can really taste the advantage. So it's difficult to convince a man that don't worry, don't worry, just get the knowledge first, then you will have the feeling of everlasting life. Amen? You will have the, the presence of eternal life. They say, no, no, what is that? I already have eternal life. It's a lie. You don't have it. <laughs> because the Bible says so. Praise God. So, when co- co- Paul was writing to the Colossians, to the acknowledgement of the mystery, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of full assurance of understanding. So, understanding makes you acknowledge those mysteries. Understanding makes you acknowledge what? Those mysteries. Amen. What's the first one? Mystery of God, meaning that's the highest. The mystery of the Father and mystery of Christ. Let me put it to you in another word. Mystery of Christ is the mystery of the Prince of Peace. Mystery of Father, everlasting Father, mystery of God, mighty God. Remember? And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus has those three. Jesus actually is the embodiment. The Bible says it later in Colossians chapter 2, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He has all of it. That man Jesus, he has what? He has all of it. Amen. Praise God. Now, let me just, let's go to Isaiah 9. Let me just break that down a little bit. Then we'll come back to Colossians chapter 2. Amen. And like I said, if you have questions as we go along, I will take them, but I'll manage it with the flow of the message too as well. Amen. Verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor. Counselor, though, is actually twice. I'll explain to you. Because Counselor, there are two dimensions. My my Lord said to my Lord. Lord means Counselor. God means Wonder. The The name God is a Wonder. The Lord, Counselor, means Leading. Leading, captain, leading. Someone, for someone to be your Lord, he gives you instructions. He leads you. And those instructions are counsels. Amen? So when it says wonderful, 
counselor, the mighty God is wonderful. That's the wonderful. The everlasting father is the first counselor. And then the prince of peace is the second counselor. So that's my Lord say to my Lord. Amen. Amen. So there are two lords. The father and the son, they are both lords. My Lord say to my Lord. Meaning, my counselor say to my counselor. So that's why they just say it once. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So meaning, the son can give you instructions. The father can give you instructions. It's the same instructions. But one is just a a little lower than the other. But they are both instructions. The father gives instructions for perfection. The son gives instructions for development. So they will have to build you up first before you are ready for perfection. Christ, father. They are both counselors. Amen. The last one is a wonder. Are you ready for my gist today? <laughs> Amen. You must understand this thing. You know. Are we ready to journey this, this journey today? Praise the name of the Lord. Do you know Jesus on earth journeyed in Christ and then came to Father? Amen. And then after he came to fatherhood, he knew it was time to go and do something that was wonderful. Going to the cross was a wonder. And it was the cross that made him, oh God. But while Jesus was, was living, he was a Lord, Lord. He was a Lord. Please, they are, are permitting me to speak these things. Amen. Amen. So, I'll be taking questions. Amen. But we wisdom. Amen. I want to show you something. Let's, can we find where Peter said to Jesus, Thou art, thou, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is that not in is that in Matthew or in John? Matthew sixteen, okay. Amen. Are you guys ready for me this morning? Verse 15, he says, He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That was the hour where Jesus had turned, he had finished Christ and turned into fatherhood. That's the, he was named. You know how, if you have a cup of water, Water is Christ. So as you are journeying in Christ, you are increasing in water. When the cup is full, they will call you, that's the the, the Christ, is the name, is the named Christ. Meaning, the thing has come to, we call it the fullness of Christ. Amen? We call it what? 
the fullness of Christ. Anything above that is what? Overflowing. It has now turned into fatherhood. Amen. I, I'm going somewhere today. I'm going somewhere today. I'm trying to use enough scripture to build it up. And it's going back to Colossians chapter 2 verse 2. Those mysteries. You will understand what the, at least the scope of those mysteries. If you can endure. So he says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee. But who revealed it? But my father. is the father who knew that Jesus has hit that climax. Amen. The father who knew that Jesus has hit that climax. And then it says, verse 18, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now watch this. And I will give unto thee the keys of, king, the, keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then verse 20, Then charge he the disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now verse 21, From that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem. Immediately, Jesus knew it was time to do wonder. I don't, I don't know if you get that. You, get, you know, when you finish your program, they give you a degree. Immediately, you know the next thing to do is to look for a job. So Jesus had finished his development. He has finished the mystery of Christ, entered into the Father. The next thing is to go for God. So at this hour, he knew the next thing was to go and do that, which is the commandment of God. Where he will now turn to the only begotten. Amen. So from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and we began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, The same Peter, <laughs> I see, the same Peter. Amen. The same Peter. I want to see what was going on there. What the, 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 the dimension of the devil that disturbed, or the dragon that disturbed Judas, is a different dimension of the dragon that disturbed Peter. The one that disturbed Peter is actually the worst of him, called Angel of Light. The one that disturbed Judas, everybody knows that's a devil. But when, when Satan comes to you as an angel of light, he's coming for one reason only. He knows he has lost the battle of warring with you like a devil. And you're about to finish the will of God in your life. So he will come as a friend at that hour. He only comes as a friend when he knows he's powerless. Because he has tried to overpower you before. And you have overcome him. So now he really, the only thing he can do is come as a best friend. As an angel of light. So come through someone like Peter. Because what was he trying to stop here? Jesus from going to do the will of God. Are you, why, is it, why is the Bible like this? Why is everything... Are you seeing the order? It immediately, 
Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You have come to fullness. He knows the next thing is to... The Bible says it. It's very clear. Then Satan now moved to the last temptation. <laughs> as an angel of light. As your friend. We don't want you to die oh, as your friend. Do you get me? <laughs> as your friend, we don't want you to die. Do you know at this time, Satan knew that he, 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 had, he was almost, he, Satan was almost sure that he was making a mistake killing this man. But plans has already been in motion. He couldn't, he himself, he couldn't stop it anymore. He himself could not stop it anymore. It's very simple. Do you know why? Do you know why? To build you up in God takes time. For Satan to build the Pharisees to hate Jesus enough to want to kill him also took time. So now it was too, the time was too close. It's too late to now convince them that they shouldn't kill him again. Because he now needs to preach to them again over months to now say, no, <laughs> actually it's one of us. Let's not kill him again. It was already too late. So the only thing Satan had left was to stop him from going to Jerusalem. Because Satan knows what he has done in Jerusalem. Satan has already set everything in motion to kill him. So the only thing he could do at this point, let him not go there. So what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Not Peter. Peter is not the problem. The vessel is not the problem. Get thee. You don't want me to do the will of God. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou severest not the things that be of God. Are you seeing the difference? But those that be of men. Oh, this thing is, this thing is deep. Thou severest not the things that be of God, but what? But the things that be of men. Many, many, many preachers love the things that be of men. On the earth. But not the things that be of God. Amen. Anything, let me just give you an example. Anything you can get on the earth that is physical, even if it's president of the United States of America, is still the things that be of what? <laughs> it's still men's business. It's still what? Men's business. And God reigneth in the affairs of men. He's not saying that God is not interested in the affairs of men. But Satan can do it that a whole, even the people of God will not be interested in the things that be of God, but only the things that be of men. Yes. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do anything that be of men or to get me right. But I'm saying that Satan can do it in a way, and he's doing it, I see it clearly, that people are not, when they say God's will, God wants this, God, end time, God, this, God, forget that one. How am I going to marry? How am I going to prosper? How am I going to be a millionaire on this earth? How can we Christians take over this world? Imagine they say end time. God said the earth world is passing away. You say let us go. <laughs> let us come away. <laughs> God said I have a new world for you. No, he said no. Let's do this world first. Let's do this one. Amen. I'm just saying we should be balanced. That's all. Satan hates anything that has to do with God's things. So amongst the body, I've seen Satan walk. Satan would shout out, propagate the things that be of men. 
and it sounds legitimate to believers. Why? Because it has, you have to make it practical. It's a very popular statement. If it's not practical, don't invite him. <laughs> Amen. Anything practical has to be of man. That's why it's practical. You want it to be, you want it to be relatable to man. Amen. But get me right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing entirely. Amen. I'm just saying that Satan wants it that the whole focus of a believer be on the things that be on of men and not of God. God has his own things. God's things, God is a spirit. So what are God's things? Spiritual things. God wants, you, God wants to make, raise us spiritual men and women. Meaning men of faith, simple. Men of faith who are growing in Christ in mysteries unto God. Praise the name of the Lord. I cannot change my message. Though. I don't. I cannot change it because I don't. In fact, I don't. I mean, people. Other, all the other messages, people are doing it well. Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> amen. So if I did I change my message, I would just advise you to go and listen to some people. They're already doing it better than I am. So this one is my message. <laughs> I will be faithful to it. Mysteries. Understanding mysteries for spiritual development. The things that be of God. Now hear me. Hear me. I was saying that at this hour, Jesus has come into two mysteries fully. The mystery of Christ and of the Father. Then he knew it was time to go and the mystery of God really is the, is the mystery of the good or the commandment. The last commandment. Or let me just say your cross. That's the mystery of God. The mystery of God is your cross. Is a commandment. Is a fruitfulness that God is demanding from you. Is the last one that God will be demanding from you. That you won't be able. You cannot do it except you have journeyed well in Christ. Amen. But I'll just leave that one there for now. But I want to prove to you now, Amen, that what I'm saying is true. I want to prove to you now, with another witness in the scripture, that what I am saying is true. Now, we've seen Matthew chapter 16. Amen. And Matthew chapter 16 has showed us that the day it was revealed that Christ, they stamped him, his fullness now. He has come to perfection now. He knew that the next thing to do was what? Was to go to the cross and die. Meaning to do the mystery of God. The mystery of God is the easiest, yet the most difficult. <laughs> it's easiest in the sense that you don't have to be coming for life meetings every Sunday. It's just again, it's one, it's one fruit you bear. It's one of commandment. It's an obedience, really. Amen. But it's difficult is that the obedience is tailored to kill you. It will, you will know that it will demand your call. Because God designs his will to go after your intent. It will demand your call. It will demand your will to do God's will. It will demand your own way, your own intent to do God's own intent. That's how it's designed. And for the sake of teaching us, Jesus was kind of, he was explaining his own will. He has his own call. Not my will, but thy will. What was his will? What did they nail on the cross? King of the Jews. That was his own call. Because he was by birthright. He came from the house of David. He was to be the king of the Jews. 
So they did that cross. How can you be king of the Jews when you are dead? <laughs> I see it. So that cross was actually many things. But one thing it was that he killed Jesus. That was the end of kinging the Jews. He, he too was nailed on that cross. The king of the Jews was on top. They killed him. They, he died to it on the cross. But then when he resurrected, God now said, don't worry. In fact, I promoted you. You are no longer just king of the Jews. Eh? You are now king of the whole earth. The Bible says the God of the whole earth shall he be called. But he had to die to his love. You know Jesus loved the Jews. It, because Jesus was saying salvation is of the Jews. He loved it. <laughs> Amen. He loved the Jews. So that's the last one. He comes for you. He comes for your core. So that's why it's difficult. Because they're actually going, you feel like you are losing yourself to do it. To bear the fruit of it. But let's leave it there. Let's hang it there. We're not there yet. But I want to show you. I want to prove to you. Let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Are we ready? John chapter 14. Actually, in fact, it's, only, I, I could, yeah, it's down, also down in front. But let me even start from, from 13. 13 verse 31. 13 verse 31. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straight away glorify him. Little children, let a little why I am with you. Ye shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither thou goest? Jesus answered, Whither I go, thou cannot follow me, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thou thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily I say unto thee, The cock shall crow, shall not crow, till thou hast denied me three times. So what was, when, when, was, when was this happening? That same period of Matthew chapter 16. When he was time for him to go and die. Amen? The same, so the same scenario of Matthew chapter 16. Around that same time. Those, these conversations were happening. Now let's see chapter 14 verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and with the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, unto, unto the Father, but by me. If ye have known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. From henceforth. From henceforth. From now. From henceforth. Meaning from now forward. You know the father and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father and he's okay for us. 
Jesus said unto him, Have I been with you so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has sent me, he that has seen me, had seen the Father. So who, who was in Jesus at that hour? And do you know what it simply means? It doesn't mean the Father as a being, as a physical being is there. It means he has decoded, he has come into the fullness of the mystery of the Father. If you come into my mystery, it's me living inside you. Oh, I want to act movie. <laughs> huh? Uncle Sam, come. Come, let's go forward. Let's, let's, uh, Sister Victoria, let's go forward. Let's act the movie. Praise the name of the Lord. So imagine if Sam is God. You get me? Or maybe the Father or Christ, whichever one, is God. Now Victoria is Victoria. Meaning, so Victoria has a manner of life. She has how she behaves. Everybody will know Victoria's behavior. Do you get? Imagine the day, and yes, an hour comes where Victoria says, I don't want to be Victoria again. And she has been studying Sam's life. How he behaves. And you know, because Sam's life has been noted in a book. And by revelation, by the spirit of Sam, in interpretation of Sam's life is coming to Victoria. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. His example. <laughs> Praise God. Interpretation of Sam's life is coming to Victoria. After a while, people will no longer call Victoria Victoria again. Even though we know her name, Victoria, it's Sam that is living. Have you seen me this all this while? All my behavior. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. All my life, all my mannerisms of life is no longer Victoria anymore. It's no longer me. It's my father now. That is how you have them. You have them by understanding them. Understand the mystery of Christ you, and live by it. You have Christ. Understand the mission of the Father and live by it. You have the Father. But, but God's dimension is not, not the first two is knowledges. The last one, understand the mystery of God and obey it. You have God. That's how persons are given to others. That's how Christ shares himself. So, are you seeing it? It was around that same time. After Peter had had that revelation, that was the Christ is on the living God, that Jesus had come into the full cup called Christ and Father. Now, you are going to understand this even better when we go back to Colossians chapter 2 verse 2. Now, I will explain it now more. Jenny, you have a question? Yes. All this why? Okay. Okay, so then let me put it to you now in this other way. Have you not been learning Christ all this why? But are you full Christ yet? Are you seeing it? Aha. Uh-huh. That's what I want to now explain further for you. You will see that is they are not independent. They are actually steps. Praise God. Amen. Are you ready? Alright, so let's go Colossians chapter 2 verse 2. So when Jesus was saying, henceforth, 
You have seen, meaning he has now come to the fullness of it. He's the full father that is there. And to be honest, it will take a father to lay down his life. Yeah. Father means faithful. I was teaching last week. Faithfulness. It will take faithfulness. Be faithful unto death. You take faithfulness to lay down your life. Just think about faith. You know, faith, faithful men. men. Men who have been at it for 40 years. Amen. I remember, you know, so what just comes to my mind, I hope maybe some of you can give a better example. I remember some of those guys that used to fight for labor laws in, uh, in Nigeria. Back, you know, and we have them in different countries. Uh, people like Mandela, okay, Mandela, thank you, it's only a better example. The idea I was giving was not even proper. <laughs> they call him Matipa in South Africa. That, that he has, in fact, he has eternalized his name in, the, in that country. He has turned that into an everlasting name. Faithful, 25, 27 years in prison, came out and became president for a long time. Faithful. Whenever you think about Mandela, you think about fatherhood, a father, the father of South Africa. That's what fathers are. They are faithful. It means they have, they have integrity. They have something they are holding. That they rather die than they renounce it. In all those 27 years, excuse me, was it not easy for him to call the white people? Excuse me, uh, you know what? I've changed. <laughs> you know, you can release me. And for my sake of my family, I will not riot again. In fact, you people, you, you can rule. Just take it. I'm not to go fight. Most men will be like that now. Eh? <laughs> Most people will be like that. Is it for the sake? By the time you think about your family, your wife, your children, you know, the, I think the wife even divorced him. The wife will want what kind of man? Just let the thing go now. Is, are you the only one that is fighting for freedom? Let somebody else take the button. And you know, you know, I I know such people, those rulers, people like that. They are brutal. They, they will keep you there until you say you are not, you renounce what you are standing for. And he did not renounce it. Ah, that is a father. He did not renounce it. I know there's another, this is a Christian one, Young Gicho. Those man's books are deep. Is it, it, the way he thought, he thought, the way he thought about uh, spiritual and body. It's still the best, like, like an egg. He's the one who, who referred to it like an egg. With the yolk, the yolk being your spirit. The, the, the yellow being your spirit. The white being your soul. And the shell being your body. So that's how he used to explain spirit, soul, and body. He wrote all those things in jail. In jail. Now, if you go to South Korea, South Korea, about 30% of the country, they are, they are Christians. He's one of those founding fathers. Those are books that he wrote in prison. A lot of, the South Korea, a lot of the churches, they, they, lead, they read his books. Even though he was in prison in China. And even in China, among the Christians. That is the one who, in his books, we find him writing about, the, in fact, he's the one who, it's almost like he wrote the, the blueprint for the Chinese church. You know, a lot of the churches are underground churches. 
He was writing about those things in prison. How to endure. How to... <laughs> a lot of the blueprint of the Chinese church that one of the fastest growing churches on earth. Hmm? I visited China in 2018. I, you go to stores. Although they hide everything, obviously, you won't see churches, obviously, because they are always fighting them. But I'll go to stores, you'll be seeing uh, cross rings, cross chains. And I, I thought nobody believed in God here. <laughs> you'll be seeing it a lot. And then one time I was driving, one, one of the, the Chinese guy, uh, the guy who was driving us, was saying, I was just because I was talking about Christianity, you know I was a Christian. He said, you see that building there? There are at least three house churches in that building. And that's how they are spreading in China. The more the government fight them, the more they... Some of them, they have to be changing from how is a house fellowship. Okay, we'll do the church in your house the next Sunday. <laughs> for the next two Sundays. After three Sundays, maybe the authorities are finding out. Okay, we have to go to the next person's house. That's how they have to sustain their Christianity. Young Cho wrote those blueprints in his books while in prison. That is a faithful man. And do you know what they just do? They say, we're not telling you that you cannot preach. They were just telling him that he should preach, and when he's preaching, he should have the Communist Party this thing there. <laughs> Meaning, they regulate what you are going to preach. You say you can't do it. Those are fathers, faithful men. And that's what God is training me and training us like to be faithful in season and out of season. Fatherhood. It's a great. Is a great stature in the spirit. When God is seeing you behaving like that, ah, God, our Father is good. When He's seeing you behaving like that, He will start pouring grace upon your life. What enables you to continue in faithfulness is grace. His grace. But He won't. He won't give that kind of grace if He's not seeing the faithfulness, right? Am I communicating? He giveth grace to the humble. <laughs> Amen. He will see you following him, humbly following him, with whatever challenges, waters are coming your way. And he will give you grace. Meaning he will energize you. He would excite you. Even in the pain. You know when you are excited in pain, you won't feel the pain again. That's what he does. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Are you with me today? Back to, I want to now, I want to decode those three mysteries just in a slight scope. I cannot, I can't even try and finish the thing today. But I want you to see the curriculum of our learning. Amen. I want you to see the curriculum. I'm not going to sway from this. The curriculum of our learning. It says that their hearts might be comforted, be knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of who? God, which is the last one actually. Father, and then what? And of Christ. Now, who is Christ? Who is Christ? Praise the name of the Lord. Christ is the word of God. Christ is the truth. Another word for it, Christ is the life. So when you see the word, write it down. Christ is life. 
Christ is life. For the words, word, his word. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So Christ is life. It's called the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Christ is what? Is life. Now, another name they call the Father is Everlasting Father. Not so? And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Everlasting Father, another word, Everlasting Life. Amen? Are you hearing me? Another word, Everlasting what? Everlasting Life. But really, this is the word I want you to note on, on concerning the Father. The Father has another name for the Father. Everlasting Christ. Ah. Everlasting what? Who went to the cross? Excuse me. Christ. But really, who went to the cross? It's the Father that went to the cross. Have you been with me all this while? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. A Father went to the cross. So a father is a Christ. What do I call it again? Everlasting what? Christ. Oh, glory to God. Let me just give you a little code of why is everlasting. In Christ, you are learning life. Or the Jesus we call it spring of waters. So it's springing up. Where is it springing up unto? Everlasting life. Now hear me. Christ. Imagine it's springing up. Springing up. When it gets to here. What is it? It's still Christ though. But you now call it fullness of Christ. What do I call it? Fullness. So you are a full Christ. When it has hit, hit the top of your head. When it now starts emitting out of your face abounding out, your cup is running over, it has not, it's no longer full Christ again, it's now what? Everlasting Christ. Everlasting means that you're not walking, you're not really doing much. It's the thing that is abounding that is working for you. <laughs> Do you know the father sits on the throne? Have you ever seen the father get up one day with sword and go and fight? Who is fighting for him? He's Christ. The Bible will say your righteousness will go forth ahead of you. It will war, it will war for you. It will, it will be fighting for you. It's Christ that wars with Satan, not God. Because Father is already God. Amen? It's Christ that wars with your enemy. So when you are not here full Christ, you will keep warring with the enemy. When you are a full Christ, you will have overcome the enemy. When the thing begins to abound, you don't even need to fight anymore. You, you can sit, let the thing that is abounding fight for you. <laughs> oh my God, I don't know if you are catching what I am catching. What does the Bible say your children will fight for? At, will, will, will fight the enemy at where? At the gate. Who is the, who is the child of the father? Christ. Meaning what he produces. What emits out of the father's face? This is how you shall bless the children of Israel. You shall say unto them, the, 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 the face, he causes his face to shine upon you and be gracious. That thing that is emitting out of his face 
He doesn't have to do anything. It's what is coming out of his face. It's what is worrying for him. It's what is shining light for him. He can sit on the throne. <laughs> the father will say, and what is fighting for him is what he's producing. And what he's producing is what? Is his Christ. Any questions? Do you get that gist? What is fighting for God is Christ. So, Christ is fighting his enemy at the gate. Amen? Christ is fighting his what? His enemy at the gate. And as they are raising you a Christ, they are raising you a warrior. They are, raising, they are raising you an armory to fight the enemy at where? At the gate. I don't think we've understood this thing well. Let's see Ephesians chapter 6. Wow. I don't know what we're going to call this message. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. I hope I'm getting across to somebody. I want to show you how it's not like, okay, I finished Christ. I now have a degree. Okay, we're now going to start Father. No, it's a continuum. You get me? It's a continuum. So if you are not understanding everlasting life yet, it means you have not finished Christ yet. You are not yet come to fullness yet. You first have to come to fullness, then let it continue. And are you seeing why the, the Bible, the Bible all the time, all the apostles, they are so adamant about abiding. They are so adamant about abiding. You will abide until you come to fullness of Christ. And you see, it's that same place, so you will keep abiding there until the thing begins to overflow. Not so, that prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. If you get up on the table, are you going to overflow? <laughs> huh? It means, uh, you know, you know these lingers that have chopped belly food, let me be going and go to work. Let me go and do something else. No, me, I, I've chopped belly food, but I want more. I want to overflow. Eh? You know, God will say in Isaiah 55, I'll feed your soul with fatness. I'm not okay being fat. I want to bust out. This kind of food, not, I'm not talking about physical fatness now. This kind of fatness, I like it. <laughs> So people are fat in the flesh, but very lean in their soul. Very lean. Amen. You know, people are accused of Africans, they are always suffering, they don't have poverty. Excuse me, they are rich. Some of you see some Egypt, see all those guys, boys, boys, boys. They are richer than you. You think it's because you can eat rice that you are you are now your flesh is now doing like this. That you are, you can, you are now doing well. When your, your soul is here, their souls are shivering. That's why people are merciless. That's why people are merciless. It's because souls are thin. Souls are dying. They don't have capacity to give, to show mercy again. Amen. I want to, I want to show you that Christ is the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, meaning put on fullness of Christ. 
Well, don't worry, you'll see it very clearly. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, of the devil. So what stands against the wiles of the devil? The whole armor of God. Now, what is that armor? Okay, from verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, you know that. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. So this is now the whole armor. All of it is Christ. Having your loins, got about with what? With truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Sanctify them, O God, by thy word. Thy word is truth. Number one, having on the breastplate of righteousness, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Whose, go- whose gospel is that? Christ. Above all, taking the shield of faith, for faith covered by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's Christ again. Where it you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation is that publishing. Remember, if you remember Azar chapter 52. Azar 52, you can help me. Let's go there. Let's see the helmet of salvation. When it, when, a helmet means head, when the thing has been published. It has meaning thing has been crowned, it has been finished. Azar chapter 52. Maybe for those online, I'm sure some of us already know that. 52 verse 7, I believe. Yes, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth what? Peace. So good tidings are the gospel of peace, the end of the gospel of peace. Meaning when it gets to the head, praise the name of the Lord. When it gets the end is your head. When it gets to the head, that thing is now called is a is a form of salvation. It's called the helmet of salvation. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um not to confuse it further, but it's, it's also in Azar 26 when it talks about the walls of the city, the gates. I mean, the gates are the shield, the defense, meaning the, the help, the, the armor, the shield. Amen? Praise the Lord. And that, the Bible says they shall call us our gates, as our, our walls, what? Salvation. And our gates, praise. So the wall, shield, armor is already a form of salvation. It's not the final salvation, but it's already a form of salvation. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Huh, I hope, I hope I'm not confusing. <laughs> I'm feeling bad. Are you okay? I'm sorry, you. I'm feeling bad, you. Eh? Well, who is Christ? Life. Amen? Mystery of Christ is the mystery of life. Then who is Father? Everlasting life. Then who will be God? Eternal life. So Christ, everlasting Christ, and eternal Christ. Christ means Messiah. Another word for that means Savior. So his salvation is in degrees. So in Christ, you come into a form of salvation, 
In Father, you've come into a higher form of salvation. And in God, you have come into an eternal salvation. I'm liberal, you know. Please, enjoy. <laughs> Praise God. Does anybody have any questions? This is the way they want us to go today. But I still have a bit more to explain. Any questions at all? Amen. I'm laboring for you today. For you to see your curriculum, your course. Amen. Don't reject this course. The Bible says, how can we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now we should not let this thing sleep. That's Hebrews chapter 2. We shouldn't let the thing sleep. It's a great, right now it sounds like English. It's not English. It's a great salvation. They are doing things to you. How, let me just prove to you that all these things that we say is not English. Amen? Before you knew me, some of you, maybe some of us, before you knew me or knew us, you used to live your life the way you live it. But now sometimes, how many times when you are wanting to do something bad, you remember something I have said, or something one of us has said, something Reverend K has said, and you now adjust your ways. Do you get me? That's how I know you are being saved. It's not English we are speaking. <laughs> Salvation is being done. Because the thing is, something is happening to your soul. You are retaining those words. And when the time, the time for application comes, what does Holy Ghost do? He will bring the words to your remembrance. And the day that the, the thing has come into application, is, you now own it. It's not, it's not my word. You, you now, you now own it. So don't worry. Time for ownership is coming. Meaning time for application will begin to come. Praise God. So this, that's how I know that this is salvation. The fact that it's becoming a check and balance in your life, the word of God. Salvation has really begun. Before, it was, there was, you don't have check and balance now. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> Amen. You do it. You know, maybe because the baby, the little milk. You know, sometimes before, when you're in milk, you'll be doing canal things and you feel okay. Now you can't do this. Mm. I know some of you. The way people message me, say, you know that something you want to do is canal. But I just, I'll just clap for you and let you do it. At least you know. <laughs> That's the beginning of salvation. I will not stop you. At least you know that what you want to do is canal. <laughs> Two years ago, you did not know whether it was, you thought it was okay. <laughs> so salvation is working in you when those checks and balances are coming as a result of what you are hearing. That is the salvation. It means you are not using them for judgment. Praise the name of the Lord. So we were seeing here in uh, Ephesians chapter 6 that all those armory was Christ unto full Christ until overflow. Those are all, those are armory. Amen. So, so if your armory is Christ, and you are not yet full in Christ, and some things are disturbing you, what do you need to do? Go and get more Christ. This is the attitude that God instilled in me from an early age that makes me the way I am. My early age in this my work. Some people, when they are facing something, they'll be doubting the Christ part. You don't blame the Christ part is the solution to the problem, not the enemy of the problem. 
You know, the first thing you think, ah, maybe it's because of this life meeting people, or this eternal life thing I'm doing. Hey, that's why my life is. No, it's a lie. Oh. Christ is the solution to the problem. And Satan brings those things to tear us away from God. So we need more shield to defend against the arrows of the enemy. So one thing I vowed is that every time Satan attacks me, I will go more to God. And I'll, I've taken my chances. You know when you pay poker, you're gambling. I've, I've, me, I've placed my own bets. And for me, it is finished. I've gambled on God. So if God fails me, that one is his own business. So. <laughs> because me, I have gambled. I have placed my bets on God. And he's yet to fail me, even though sometimes he feels very close to you know, sometimes you'll be quarter to midnight hour. Do you get me? You say, but ah, and sometimes, you know, I'll be tra- I, 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 when I read David, when I read the psalmist, let me just do this a little bit. Sometimes when I read the psalmist, when David was saying that, I'll, I've been young, now I'm old, yet I'm yet to find a righteous man forsaken, nor you see it begging for bread. You know, so you may just read the scripture. For me, I try and put my, myself in his shoes. I put myself in his shoes like, you know, I acted like a movie. They will be looking. I want to prove that God can fail a righteous man. That's my thesis. Let me, okay, let me watch. See that brother, brother, brother Joel. Things are not going well, though. Even the wicked are prospering around him. Okay, ah, God, I want to see how you want to save this guy today. And God will shock David. <laughs> when it's quarter to be finished, something will just happen. Brother Joel has bought new house. Hey, David said he has done it again. They will not look, look for another. You know, he was the king of Israel, so he was playing now. He'll be looking for, looking out at the Israelites, all your subjects, people who are living, and checking out their lives. David was doing theses, PhD theses, studying Israel. How do I know? Somewhere else, he, asked, he went to inquire of the Lord. Why do the wicked prosper? It means he was part of his thesis. He was part of his study. He was trying to study how God. Blesses the wicked versus the right. How God judges it. So one hour during, you know when maybe, you know thesis, you can write for two years. So let's say eight months into the thesis, all the wicked are prospering. Don't conclude yet, you use a two-year thesis. <laughs> for David, it was a 40-year thesis. So he was waiting. You know when to ask God? It looks like I'm about to conclude though. It looks like, the, why do the wicked prosper? Then God now told him, the wicked prosper... Because they need to gather the wealth for the righteous. <laughs> huh? And it happened. How do I know it happened? David did not just say that I've been young. Now I'm old. I'm yet to see the righteous forsaken. He didn't just stop there. He says, and he's, and he's. It means that when God blesses righteous, the righteous, it will extend to his seed. That was the conclusion of his argument. And I believe that this is over whatever stupid thing they want to say in this head. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, let me just give you this one. Sorry, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not biased though. It's, just, I'm just, it's the information I know concerning Nigeria. Do you know how many years now people have been saying Nigeria is a failed state? Since 20 years ago, Nigeria is a failed nation. It's quarter to collapse. 
it has not yet collapsed. Ten years after, Nigeria is a failed nation. It's quite to collapse. It has not yet collapsed. Now it says a failed nation is on the brink of is collapse. That in UN they have four stages. That in Nigeria is in stage number three, failed state. It means the next stage is that it will collapse. It's a lie. <laughs> we know things are bad, we know it. But God will keep the place. The same God that kept all those evil reports from 20 years ago. <laughs> I remember, before I left Nigeria, that's all I was hearing. They said the U.S. has come up with a new report, a breaking news on uh, Channels TV. Nigeria is a failed state. Ah, <laughs> every year. <laughs> so what happened between then and now? They are still a failed state. <laughs> People have been, from then, since they've been predicting that Nigeria will collapse. As it, it has not still collapsed. Even though things are tough, I know things are tough, and things is like bed pains, and things are difficult, but the country will not collapse. God has plans for the country. Prophets are rising from there. Nothing will happen. Satan is meant to make it tough, we know, but nothing will happen. Evil reports. Because there are righteous men in that country. Are you a righteous man? You will not be forsaken. Are you a righteous man? Your seed will never go begging for bread. That is the conclusion of the report of the Bible. That is the one I believe. No matter how close it looks like it to failing, it will not fail. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let me begin to conclude. Because I want to speak... Plainly, did, uh, did someone have a question at some point? Okay, Aban, go ahead. Um, okay, so my question is about uh, the fullness of Christ. Yes. So if we say that you, if you start Christ here, you do everlasting Christ. Yes. Christ. Yes. No, the fullness of Christ is the fullness of that Christ. Of that, that immediately after that, you cross over into everlasting. everlasting. Yes. Yes, the fullness is like, and, and another witness, Azar 26 says it. says, open ye the gates. What's the, the, the gates to the everlasting kingdom? That who should enter? That the righteous nation that keepeth truth. So what makes a man righteous is that he's keeping truth. And what is truth? Christ may enter therein. So the fa- when you are, they didn't say uh, the righteous man, nation that heareth truth. They've been hearing it since. Now they are keeping it. means they've come to the fullness of it. It's now their gospel. So you've, they've come to fullness of Christ. It's a full Christ who can enter the everlasting kingdom of God. And once you enter, so it's a border. So fullness of Christ is quarter to everlasting life. It's the threshold. that you. So it just means that, imagine I fill, fill up a glass with water. Immediately the next water I pour in it overflows. That's everlasting life. The next drop is everlasting life. Crossover to the other side. That's it. That's crossover service. You get me through the spirit. <laughs> you cross over to the other side into the realm of everlasting Christ. So it's still Christ you'll be hearing, but the Christ will now be judgment. That's what I'm trying to say. Christ is righteousness. When you are just hearing Christ, he turns to judgment when he has become a father. Now, hear me. Hear me. This is what I'll use and close. I'll summarize it quickly and I'll close. Azar 28, that's what they were boring about in Azar chapter 28. Oh, glory to God.
Azar chapter 28. Amen. Verse 9, from verse 9. I'll start from there. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, hear a little and dear a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to these people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherein, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Well, so what's the rest? The hearing of these things. Yet they will not hear. For the word, but the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little and dearly, that they may they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. All that process is the process of that life to everlasting life. Because the journey is quite long, they know that if in the process you are not broken, you will you will leave the journey at some point. All of this process is for to keep you abiding. A man who is broken cannot quickly run out of a place. You get me? You need orchestral. <laughs> Amen. That's what they did to Jacob. They touched the tie of his tie so that he cannot quickly run away from God. He has to trust in God. He has to lean on the staff to achieve what he needs to achieve. So you need to be broken. That's, that's before they, they know because they know that, to be honest, let me just tell you the truth. No man in his sane mind would f- finish this journey by himself. No man in his sin with sanity. When I mean sanity, the sanity of this world. You know, there's a sanity of this world. No man who is sane. You know, as this the man who is talking to you are not okay. <laughs> you cannot be okay to be talking like this. <laughs> Amen. You can't be okay again. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So no man in his sane mind will want to journey all this journey. Nobody. Think about it now. How many times have you thought of leaving? <laughs> How many times are you talking, maybe this is not for me? It's natural, it's normal. So nobody in his sane mind. But sometimes it's because they weakened you somewhere. And you know that this is the truth. That they, they trapped you somewhere. You keep on coming. <laughs> you keep on coming. You keep on coming. It's, it's good. It's good that they trapped you like they know that nobody with his strength can endure this journey. So in the processes of learnings, you will fall. A righteous man will fall seven times. You'll be broken. Then you'll keep going. Then they'll snare you. And then they will take you. Now, now, let me go jump to 15. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death. And with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge. These are the enemies. This is what will never let you finish the journey. What did you make your refuge? They did not say Satan made lies your refuge. Who made the, the refuge? It's you. <laughs> so how do you want to destroy what you built? Are you seeing the difficulty? Excuse me, is Satan who lied to you? This world lied to you, but it's you that bought it and used it to build your house inside your, your, your mind. How you will live your life by yourself. That cement rights to you. Is you that bought the lie. So anybody who buys it, when you when so I bought my I just bought a house, am I just going to go and sell it like that? No, I will fight you. I buy, do you know how difficult it was to buy the house? I will fight you. So that's how you will also fight anybody that wants to come and break your house. 
destroy your house that you've used to live for how many years? So they will need to help you so that you will not come and kill me. <laughs> don't kill the messenger. <laughs> you don't kill the source of... Because when Christ is coming to you, he's breaking down walls and rebuilding new ones. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So, we, for we made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. There's a difference between falsehood and lie. Amen? There's a, difference between, there's a slight difference between falsehood. A falsehood means you are believing it, but it has not settled yet. You get me? A falsehood means you are believing it, but it has not settled yet. I don't know how else to explain it. A lie is when you've used the falsehood for too long, Somewhere you know it is wrong, but because he has prospered you, you buy it still. And you rest on it. And you, you sugarcoat it as okay. So all I'm saying is that for it to be turned from falsehood to lie, you must have done a lot of work to convince yourself that it is right. And so the more work you did to establish something in you, the more difficult is it for anybody to come and take it out. So, it's easier to address falsehoods than lies. Even though falsehoods are also difficult. It's easier to address falsehoods than what? Than lies. Because lies is something that has been worked on longer than falsehood. That you've really settled on. It has concretized in your mind. And it has prospered you. The reason why it has settled is because it has prospered you. I'll just use this as a very example. Imagine me, okay, with this, oh, this was Brother James has revelation. I now go to a man of God who is maybe 60 years old, has been in ministry for 30 years, and has 1 million followers. <laughs> Do you get me? <laughs> and I, maybe I have, uh, I have uh, uh, you know, space to talk with him, maybe for 15 minutes, and I start teaching him righteousness and judgment. Movie <laughs> as I said it. <laughs> The knock I received. <laughs> uh, so what ministry are you for? <laughs> they leave all those things, man. Uh, 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 come on, let me tell you how the thing works. Let me help your ministry blow. <laughs> because the thing is working. Amen. So what am I saying is that whatever, if you prospered with something, is more difficult to what? Relinquish it. That is what a lie is. That's what, that's what makes it different from falsehood. Am I communicating? Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. And, those, and don't get me wrong, those men of God are blessed. God bless their souls. God bless them. They are our fathers. Amen. They've tried. Amen. That's why sometimes maybe one God wants to bring something new. He has to come to a young generation like this. People who have not become too strong in certain ways. Amen. So it's okay. It's all good. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, lie is concretized falsehood. Lie is a falsehood that you have used and you have prospered by. Is it working? It's working. That is a lie. It has worked for you. And so, you won't want to let it go. Amen. Now, hear me because this is, I want this, this Isaiah 28, if you can just keep in mind, this Isaiah 28 is describing just the, the scope of the mystery of Christ and the mystery of the Father. Amen? 
This Hazar 28 is describing what? The scope of what? The mystery of Christ and the mystery of who? Of the Father. Amen. Think about it. Anybody who has been able to overcome every falsehood in his heart and every lie in his mind is safe. Just think about it. Okay, hear me. T- hear me, somebody. Imagine if you overcome everything Satan can throw at you. Everything Satan can throw at you. You overcome it. You have all the knowledge. You can see him coming from afar off. Are you not safe? Who else, who else is your enemy? You don't have any enemy because you have every arrow against to fight him. It means you are what? You are safe. That's salvation. You see that? That's the, that's the salvation that said they shall call thy gates praise and thy walls. What? Salvation. But that wall, wall is not the end of the city. So if the wall is salvation, there's inside, there's another salvation inside. That one is called eternal salvation. That one is now the life called eternal life, the life of the citizens of the city. The first one is the life to defend against every anti-life. The first one is the full erection of every the life that it would take to defend you. It's a defense against, and it's very simple. The Lord said to Abraham, I am your what? Shield. That is, shield is a salvation. Shield alone, minus the exceeding great reward, shield itself. Imagine I have such a shield. The Lord is my own shield. Who can come against me? I am safe. I will start playing. I will start laughing. I will start dancing. I have arrived at peace. The Lord is my shield. But there is another salvation, meaning what I can now be living inside the shielded place. That one is joy. Eternal life. Oil of gladness. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. But eternal life salvation, eternal salvation come to them, all them that obey him. It means it come to them who are first done, who are first defeated enemies of obedience. The reason, to, okay, for example, um, okay, I said, Gene, go and bring me water. I can say that. But Gene can decide not to do it. But why would Gene decide not to go and bring me water? In a mind, you say, who are you? Can't you go and bring the water for yourself? Or she may even go and bring the water, but in her mind, she still say, who are you? Can't <laughs> you go and bring the water for yourself? You think you're not one big man of God. You're not telling me to go and bring water anyhow. Are you seeing? <laughs> so, so you can even do the obedience, but you are, you are fighting it inside here. So, what will make you not to fight anything that God is bringing is shield. When you come into all kinds of knowledge, you will know that this is the way. You will not fight it. You will not question it again. So then you will be able to obey him seamlessly. And that obedience will, reward, will result in the crown of life, eternal life. Now let me close with this. What judged refuge of lies and falsehoods was verse 17. Judgment and righteousness. Righteousness also will I lead to the line. Sorry, judgment also will I lead to the line. And righteousness to the plummet. And the hail, which is judgment, shall sweep away the refuge of lies. And the waters, which is righteousness, shall overflow the wealth, the hiding place where you hid in falsehood. So righteousness, waters, is for what? Falsehoods. Judgment, 
is for what? Lies. Now they are both waters. Because hail, think about it, hail is what? Concrete water. Is that not so? Hail, when it melts, is water. So are you seeing that? So are you seeing that righteousness is the mystery of Christ? When hearing the word of righteousness is that you are hearing unveiling the mystery of Christ. And you will keep unveiling it until the thing turns to hail. Until the waters of righteousness you are hearing becomes concrete blocks in your mind. Are you now seeing it? Becomes concrete blocks in your mind. After it becomes concrete blocks in your mind, you are now transitioning from righteous to judgment. Meaning, you, are now, you can now use it for living. You can now use it for living. When you are now using it for living, freely, that is when it is now overflowing. That is when it is now abounding. If you can easily know what to do, what Christ will do in every situation in your life, easily, as a result of your well-versed in Christ and righteousness. You have been so well-versed that you have become so concrete in it that when the situation appears itself, you know where to pick from in your wardrobe to be able to answer back in Christ. You are becoming abounding. At that hour, it's becoming easy. Okay, this one is coming. Okay, this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. You get me? Before, you'll be wondering, huh, what, what should I do? You'll be a struggle. I don't know how to... But once judgment is becoming concretized in your soul, you will know how to apply the righteousnesses, the waters, for solutions in life. You know how to pick the counsel. Remember, they are counselors. You know how to pick the counsel, the right counsel for the right situation that is facing you in your life. At that hour, you are becoming at peace. Why? Because the knowledge that you have is what is working for you. You are picking solutions as they are coming. You don't need to stress for solutions anymore. Hallelujah, somebody. So what is righteousness? Righteousness is life. Another word, righteousness is the mystery of Christ. Amen? What is judgment? Judgment is concrete life. Everlasting life. Thick life. Stone life, sure life, abounding life. Which is everlasting life. I think I can end here. Amen. Are we seeing this thing now well? Are we beginning to see our curriculum? Christ more Christ, I mean everlasting Christ, and even too much Christ. <laughs> eternal Christ. Eternal life. So what this simply means is that your journey of learning will not end. You will continue to abound in knowledge. Abound in knowledge until you find the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unto eternal life. Until you journey to eternal life. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, lastly, lastly, to let you know, only a faithful man will receive the eternal salvation. He's only a faithful man. They must have seen you love life, 
love it enough, abide in it enough until you think it's now abounding. Do you know at the hour, do you know why why an abounding life is a faithful man? Let me just gist it to you. Why you have come to fullness of Christ, you will know all things. In fact, as I'm speaking, you will know where I'm going. Some of you already know where where I like to go, where I'm going, where the thing is teaching you are going. But the fact that you can stay means that you, you want it to abound. You know it is full, but now you want it to abound. So you take faithfulness to endure, stay, reside, abide, even though you know all things. Because now the nat- that thing will qualify you for it to overflow. You don't, fullness is not enough. You can overflow. And eternal life comes to bo- souls who are overflowing. Who are overflowing. Who are overflowing in life. So life must not end. Life must not stop. It's an eternal commitment to be hearers of life. Hearers of everlasting life. Hearers of eternal life. Is life, 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 life. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We give you praise. We exalt your holy name. Thank you for the message that we found this afternoon, this morning. For the teaching, the impartation upon our souls. I'm trusting for as many who are going to be hearing this. This, uh, this nugget, these deep thoughts. That you will bless them with understanding of it in the mighty name of Jesus. Our Father will not relinquish life. Father will not turn back. Father will be like David, whose heart is fixed. He says, this God shall be my God even unto the end. He shall be my guide even unto death. Faithfulness shall be our watchword. Even on this house. I declare this house a faithful house. We shall be faithful unto the end. We are going nowhere. We are turning not. We are turning not from these mysteries. We are turning not from this commitment. Commitment to your word. Commitment to you. And thou us with faithfulness in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you. And those online, God bless you for joining us again. We give you praise. We'll continue again next week by God's grace. Amen. Shine for you dwells between the cherubim. Shine for.